comedy of your old soul, Speedy, the old phrase of the day is Ralph. Ralph? Like Ralph. the name? Yeah. Possibly. Or maybe oh. it's some sort of phonetic application. You know what? I think I know this. Does it mean That's good. to vomit? Yes. Wow. Wait. We need a sound effect. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> so when I, when I looked this up, and the reason I did a phrase from like, it's it became very popular in the 80s. Um, and I wanted to do that because we're talking about Weird Al Yankovic today. But I'm a, I was a big breakfast club kid growing up. I've now grown up and I feel weird about the movie. But as a kid, I loved that movie. <laughs> and there's a part where he's uh, the, uh, I guess they call her the basket case, but I don't really like that either. This movie does not age well. Right. <laughs> but uh, she steals Anthony Michael Hall's uh, license and says, your middle name is Ralph, as in puke. And my whole life, I thought that was just commentary on the name Ralph. And he just didn't like, like the name the na- Ralph. Yeah, that's a puke. Like she thought name. the name Ralph. <laughs> yeah, it's so gross. I just want to vomit. Bah, that's the worst thing about you is Ralph. <laughs> um, and then I was reading, and I was like, Oh no, she meant like it sounds like puke. Because it, it, it's like the it sounds like automatopoeia. Right. It just and that is the origin of why that means vomit is because it sounds like it Ralph. According to Mental Floss, and again, if you're an old soul at gmail.com, if you disagree with anything we ever say that we were not alive for, we are aware of the fact that we were born in the mid-90s and we're willing to be challenged. But according to Mental Floss, um, college kids started saying the call for Ralph. The call for Ralph? Like when they had to throw up. Like if they had to throw up, I think, during a college party maybe. Oh. Like I need to go throw up. Interesting. Uh, and then it dates back to the 60s, but the Breakfast Club uses it. So I guess it was around in the 60s, but I found it on a page about things in the 80s. So like the phrase gaslighting being <laughs> <laughs> original to the 40s, but really didn't come popular to much, much, much later, Aaron Sorkin. Same concept. So Ralph apparently means puke. And how did you know that before we move on? That's a great question. Uh, that's just something I know. That there's no moment where a, I learned it. That's just to me. That's a more normal one that I've just heard. I guess. Okay. Yeah. Because you know when we do sixties and seventies old phrases of the day, like I don't know most of them, and then with the eighties ones, I was like, okay, I've kind of used these. Ironically, like there was like tubular, right? Like eat my shorts. I only know because Bart says that, but Ralph, I was like, I don't know that one, but I guess you you vomit. I do. I, I have vomited before. Yes. You have. I have. When is the last time you vomited? Hmm. That's a great question. I right? actually can't recall. I don't know if I have an answer. Yeah. I don't. I have don't a, luckily, I don't uh, Ralph frequently. I do shop at Ralph's. But when you do. But I have not Ralphed at Ralph's, so that's good. Well, I hope. Do I hope? I hope your experience in Ralph only stays to your vocabulary and not to your projectiles <laughs> thank you amen so before we get to weird al and his movie because that uh while we don't always touch on the 80s here we usually do like 50s 60s 70s 40s 30s 20s <laughs> and we're actually we're eventually going to do the uh, casablanca 80th anniversary coming up because that's that came out in 42 um weird al 80s we're going to touch on that because he is from like 
his biggest hits for like 40 years ago in the beginning. And we like him a lot. I grew up. He was a big part of my childhood. We're going to talk about Severance, which uh, came out this year. And it's old <laughs> in terms of relevance. But <laughs> this we're old souls. We watch stuff late. We need things to be yelled at us from everyone we know in our lives telling us to watch something until we finally cave and watch it. And then we go, wow, this is really good. I wish somebody told me about it. <laughs> Maybe that's where my uppityness about the things that I watch comes from. Because growing up, I watched I Love Lucy, Dick Van Dyke, things that had been lauded for years. So then I could yes. go, yes, that's worth my time. But if something's new, you, I'm you... like, <laughs> I I always feel that way. And I, and I don't know if that makes me pretentious or just makes me an old soul. This is our place. <laughs> Whatever the answer is, this is where we come to chat because I'm the same way, especially with books. Mm-hmm. Yes, very like, much There's so. a lot of authors, people tell me I would like, and I'm like, that's great, but it came out this year. <laughs> there's nothing cool about it and vintage about it. Like, I've been doing this thing where I'm trying to read like a lot of Kurt Vonnegut books. I want to read all of his books. And I went to the bookstore and I saw like a David Sedaris book and everyone always tells me I would like David Sedaris. So I picked up his book, I started reading it, and I was like, wow, this is really good. David Sedaris is really talented. But it's so modern. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. I don't know if this is good yet. They need to die and then they have to tell me that it's legendary afterwards. Right. Like art. <laughs> yeah. I, do I just think that people can't be witty and wise these days? Kids these days? I guess. A little bit. I think that's why I also don't believe in anything that I make or write or do. Because I'm like... Who am I? <laughs> Modern kid <laughs> trying to say you, things. <laughs> Edgar Allan Poe, Emily Dickinson. <laughs> I'm just naming people who got more famous after they died. <laughs> Buddy Holly, you know, like really not appreciated. But you know, like, you know, you're putting in this catalog knowing that when you die, oh, everyone's going to be like, wait a minute, this was hiding this whole time in the 21st century? <laughs> gem no so we'll talk about severance because there's actually a lot of old soul things about it i mean it's like 70s hell inside of lumen right but first i want to briefly touch on the grammys because the grammys were weirdly very old solely and probably to a fault <laughs> right i think at this point like most award shows kind of feel weird i don't know if it's because i'm older or because of the era we're in where celebrities are very accessible but now when you watch award shows you're like hmm this seems to be rich people being excited for other rich people <laughs> where do i fall into this right hmm you know <laughs> you're like that's good for you i'm still stuck here <laughs> good for you but uh the grammys this year somehow back-to-back years nominated abba and we are definitely ABBA allies on this show we had the executive director of the museum in Sweden on but um, even I will admit whoever Bad Bunny is it seems like one of his songs should have gotten nominated for record of the year instead of an ABBA song two years in a row because <laughs> he seems to be a very big deal and I didn't hear that many people talking about ABBA this year other than us so I was just very surprised Yes, I, I would agree with that. I have heard, and not that I particularly am 
in the zeitgeist, keeping up with with what people <laughs> like because of You're my here. old solely ways. But truly, I yeah, only we have talked about ABBA as far as I know. Um, I, I'm I'm happy and confused to see them being honored yet again. <laughs> Right, so it's like, okay, so they got nominated for Record of the Year last year when they came back, their first new music in 40 years, because they were originally two married couples that got divorced and eventually fizzled out. And then they made a song, got nominated last year, and then the album came out, and then that got nominated for Best Album this year, and one of their songs from that album also got nominated for Record of the Year, and one of the songs from Bad Bunny's album didn't. And I, I'm very pumped about it, because I love ABBA, but I guess I thought that they had their, like, reunion moment with Mamma Mia, like they had their big like reawakening, you know, because every band yeah. has to come back around for something. And then it's like now we're doing with their album and these like younger artists are trying to come out. Like the fact that, I mean, you and I have talked about this, but the fact that um, like all of Encanto's nominations only came in like the visual media category. Right. Yeah. And people have been really excited about the soundtrack for that movie. Like, to an insane extent, um, topping charts. I'm pretty sure that Bruno song broke some kind of streaming <laughs> record. Did I sound like 80 years old when I just said that? <laughs> that uh, that Bruno song. That Bruno. You just reminded me of, um, I think in like 2006, my dad had like seen like the top 10 list on Billboard. And we were, he was like, Danny, I see the number one hit in the world right now is Promiscuous <laughs> by Timbaland. And he was like trying to make fun of the song, you know? Yeah. And that you were not trying to make fun of it, but it was just like old people, you and me being 80-year-olds, yes. trying to understand what's popular. But we just we can't even remember it. We're so bad at being knowledgeable. Right. Like uh, the Bruno one, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Bruno. <laughs> you don't talk about Bruno. We don't. We're well, trying we certainly to, though. don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're trying to talk about Bruno. That's the name of this episode. Right. We're, trying We're trying to talk, to talk about, about Bruno. Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> we acknowledge he should have gotten record in Song of the Year. It was incredibly popular. Every parent I know is so tired of that song because <laughs> their kids love it so much. Yeah. Yeah. And I would love to so see a song like that Abba. get the recognition that it deserves because if the award is supposed to define or, or point out what defined the year, I would say that the Bruno song certainly did more so than ABBA. I want to look up. I love ABBA. We love ABBA. We're very happy for them, but we acknowledge that there are some others that maybe should get attention now because <laughs> last year it was like ABBA's first nomination ever. So that was like why it was cool. I want to, I want to look up, if Let It Go won a Grammy. Because I feel like that's the only thing you could possibly compare. You know what I mean? This is a great point. To Okay, Let It. Don't you love listening to me Google? Oh, yeah. This is some, some hot live <laughs> Google search action. That's right. This is live and tape. This is live to tape. <laughs> okay. It won the Grammy Award for... Click on the link. Click on click, the click, link. Click, click, click. Type, 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 type. Click, 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 click. This is good he radio. Is perusing, looking at a web page. Okay, so there you go. So it won the Grammy for best song written for visual media, which is exactly what Encanto and Bruno are nominated for. 
so yes let it go which was definitely the most popular song of 2013 also was sequestered to a random category now i get that it's from a movie and the movies have their own award show but if it's the most played song on apple then who cares then who cares well here's my question which might prompt some more google search action um please it's my favorite thing to do on podcasts is just google stuff (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we react with you yes yes i am uh, trying to think of another song that did the same thing but was not animation um oh i love that Oh yes. What about that? Oh um, gosh, you're so smart. In the shallow, oh. shallow now, Lady Gaga yeah. song. Didn't that? Yeah, I mean, I, transcend its moviness. Well, okay. Let's get... do some googling. I mean, I I think if I had to guess, I would say I will always love you from the Bodyguard, um. and then my heart will go on from Titanic. Oh. Okay, but then can I counter what you're saying? Do it. But it goes with what you're saying, but I'm just thinking out loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the animated movies are nominated for visual media. Right. I, well, <laughs> I guess the live action movies are still visual media. I guess it's the, not that they're animated. They're visual. They, All right, right I'm they're visual. But people just don't respect animation as much in the West. So it's territorial. It it is. Okay. <laughs> they do okay. not have this problem okay. in Speedy. say Japan. You are so smart. It won record wow. of the year. Um sorry. My heart will go on one record of the year. Did it really? <gasps> yes. Vindication so you're right. for my big, it's it's big brain. Yes. Now we can loop I mean, as far as whether it's like the Grammys haven't uh, incorporated Latin music yet, you could definitely point to Bad Bunny snubs is part of that, mm-hmm. but it sounds like maybe Encanto is too, but also Frozen, which is the whitest movie on the planet, also <laughs> was screwed over in that way. Interesting. So very good point, Speedy. You know what? You should be my co-host for this podcast. I <gasps> think you've got a lot of good ideas. Wow. I mean, you're, you're coachable. You have the raw talent. I'm using sports phrases now. I don't know well, why yeah, I Yeah, you've lost Never me mind. now. It's all over. Compliment <laughs> discarded. <laughs> You could score <laughs> touchdowns. I'm sorry. You have no idea what I'm saying. So <laughs> I esoteric. I heard of such a thing. Okay. Let's get... Oh, well, is there anything else? Oh, I did very briefly want to touch on the best audiobook category, which I've already told you about, <laughs> but I just want the audience to know in case they didn't go down that far on the Grammy nomination list. Yes. Best audiobook narration and storytelling. This is the most important award if you look at the nominees. <laughs> it is. Jamie Foxx, Lin-Manuel Miranda, Mel Brooks, Questlove, and Viola Davis. We know all five of those people. All of those people. Wow. Isn't this cool? That's so cool. And nobody seems to care or or know about the audiobook award. But these are some, some giants. Yes. It's finally giving it the spotlight it deserves. It just needed four Oscar winners and Lin-Manuel Miranda, a like 15-time Tony winner. Actually, he has more than that. A many, many-time Tony winner. <laughs> Wait, does he have an Oscar? Hold on. <gasps> Did Moana win? Did it? Viola Davis has an Oscar. Questlove has an Oscar. Mel Brooks has an Oscar. Jamie Foxx has an Oscar. 
I'm just Googling too much. This is, is this good radio? I don't know. Maybe people. I think it is. This is the ASMR segment. Uh, I'm, oh no, Moana was famously only got best animated feature because they always don't like the animated movies for songs. <gasps> so it got nominated. Again. He did not win for, he didn't, he did not win for Moana. Okay. Glad we covered that. <laughs> so he does not have an Oscar yet. Okay, just wanted to mention that category. That beautiful, beautiful and category. Yeah, glad it's scrolled past all the other old souls, like Willie Nelson, Diana Ross, oh, yeah. Dolly Parton, who Sorry. are all in there this year. Very exciting. I think people were mad because Bonnie Raitt got nominated for Song of the Year, but oh. I like Bonnie Raitt, so I don't know, man. <laughs> I like Bonnie Raitt. <laughs> I'm is that so bad? Swords, trying to She's too yeah. excited. Yeah. Oh, wait. One other thing I wanted to talk about. Yes. I was reading the New York Times article about like snubs and stuff. Yeah. And Lindsay Zolads, one of the writers, said that if Beyonce wins Album of the Year for Renaissance, she'll join three other black women who have won Album of the Year. Only three? Do you want to try to guess? In the history? Only three. Only three have ever won album of the year. Oh, my goodness. According to this. Do you want to guess who they are? Uh, Whitney This is a bad Houston? exercise. Yes. Okay. Quit there. <laughs> quit while you're Great ahead. job. <laughs> that is right. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. Um, the other two are uh, Lauren Hill, who only has one solo album, if it's the uh, miseducation of Lauren Hill. And then Natalie Cole, who I think won for that duet album she did with her dad, oh. posthumously, after he died, I believe. Do I have that right? I'm, 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 I'm done Googling. If you're an old soul at gmail.com, <laughs> if I'm wrong about that, I'm pretty sure that's what she won for. So she could become the fourth black woman to win that, and that would be really cool, because I feel like she deserves to be in the... She already is in the Pantheon, but I would like her to have that cool category also in her accolades. That would be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. Here on If You're an Old Soul... <laughs> We like Beyonce and want her to succeed. Yes. It's very interesting. You got Kendrick Lamar nominated. You got Harry Styles. So these are all people that you and I have both expressed that we like. Yes. Um, and are modern. So they're anomalies. And, <laughs> and Adele. All these people that are like old souls in a lot of ways. And they're all nominated. So this is a big year for us. We know a lot of the people nominated. We do. And that's a great point. That the people, the reason that we seem to know those people are because they are very old solely in their their work and their tastes. Yes, yes, yes. Adele sounds like she could have come out in the 60s. Yes. And uh, uh, I should stop. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kendrick Lamar's Pimba Butterfly has a lot of Parliament Funkadelic stuff, and it mentions Marvin Gaye, and it uses a lot of old music. And... Um, so hyperventilate. Um, You're too and, excited, Danny. Okay. Stop. Okay. I'm sorry. <gasps> Harry Styles really likes Peter Gabriel, and and, and uh, Kendrick Lamar's out, song that's nominated. Oh, I already said Kendrick Lamar. I miss Beyonce. Oh, well, Beyonce uh, essentially played Diana Ross. Yeah. In Dreamgirls. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Should I keep? I should stop. I should stop. Um. 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 I mean, if you've got more, I c- I could pour gasoline on this this bonfire. Which you should never do, kids. So, it's very dangerous. <laughs> so Weird Al had a biopic come out. And I, 
it speaks to where we're at with biopics that were the old soul podcast and an Elvis movie came out and I didn't want to talk about it because I'm so <laughs> sick of biopics. Yes. I just want an original idea. I know what's going to happen. That kind of ruins the suspense for me right. when I'm going to see a movie, right? It's not enough that it's being recreated. I'd like to be surprised. Yes. Right? Absolutely. I but with agree. Weird Al, it surprises you because it's, this is basically the only way we're going to get a comedy anymore if it's, if it's established IP. So we got a comedy in the form of a biopic, which is the only way we're going to get a comedy anymore. And it's basically a Weird Al version of a movie, which is a parody because he does parodies and it's a parody of a biopic. And I appreciate it that freshness you know yes and i do feel like it is a really great way to give a tribute to weird al because it really feels like another thing that he created in his style that is amazing and it really makes you appreciate him and what he does um so it's yeah it fits really, his catalog absolutely yeah um so i like it a lot more even for that reason as a tribute to him versus ah eh, here's a movie about elvis you know, it doesn't give me Elvis. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, well, all the movies are called like Elvis. And then wasn't it called Aretha? Oh, gosh. Right? Was it? The Aretha movie was called I Aretha. I think it was called Aretha. Yeah. Uh, and then, oh, no, it's called Respect. Sorry. Oh, it's I called Respect. Oopsie. So it's either Scrub the name or the, the song. You got Rocket Man and you got Bohemian Rhapsody. So it's either the song, a, a famous song name yeah, or the name of them. And I, I just, I like those people. I'm just going to go listen to them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And also, you know, if they're going to pick a song for the title, it's probably the song or one of the only songs that people have heard of from that artist who aren't actually fans yes. of that artist. So if, if you're right, not a fan of Queen, like, you know Bohemian Rhapsody. You're like, ah. Oh. Yeah, that's the song from that thing. <laughs> but by this point, people who like those people are already tired of that song. That's right. So I don't want to hear it, even if it's <laughs> the climax. I'm already over the song. I've been hearing it for years. Right. If you're an old soul at gmail.com, if you'd like to yell at us because we haven't been listening to those songs as long as you, so we don't have a right to be tired to them yet, you can let us know. Yeah. Does this come you back there, to the, are Rhapsody we just old souls or are we uppity and condescending? <laughs> <laughs> we were just raised by older parents. And this is the place for older parents and for people raised by older parents. Come hang with us. Yeah. <laughs> we're not. Anyone else would think we were being pretentious, but we're not. We just like weird things and there's nothing we can do about it. <laughs> and we have no one but We would other. love to be relevant. <laughs> yes. We would desperately love to be I would relevant. love to know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a news anchor. Right. And I don't and sometimes I have to come in and they're like, Oh, this like record was broken by this singer and I'm like, Well, I don't know who that is. <laughs> I'm sorry. Right. I But then Gallagher dies and I'm like, everything stops. Wait, hold on. <laughs> this is first. R.I.P. Gallagher. R.I.P. Gallagher. Okay. So you you were at a screening with Weird Al. Yes. Oh, have you opened the floor for me to brag openly to Please, our listenership? You're not bragging. I'm bragging that you're here and you can talk about it. I have an exclusive, even though there was an entire crowd of people there. 
<laughs> give us the exclusive that only a hundred people can get. Yes. 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 Oh, I... Did he say anything cool? <laughs> okay. I brag, 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 brag. Just finished a gig where I worked on a show for Funny or Die, and so Funny or Die invited me to their exclusive event at the Directors Guild. The cast Funny and crew. Made the, movie. <laughs> the cast and crew screening of Weird, the Al Yankovic story. Uh, and Weird Al was there. He attended. He was very nice. Um, everyone crowded around him and wanted to meet him. And he was very kind and made sure to speak to everybody. And you can see the back of my head on Tim Heidecker's Instagram. So there's proof. Tim Heidecker? Yes. Tim Heidecker. He's a beloved person. He is a People beloved like person who I, who I like very much. I did not know. I didn't actually see him when I was there, but he sat not that far behind me. And then he took a picture of the audience, and I was in front of him. So um, the back of my head, if you see a, a, a brown bob with no facial features visible, just know that it is I <laughs> about to watch the I do love, movie. like, you, like, having the identity of, like, Sia, like, people who listen to the podcast and <laughs> don't know what you look like. And then they just only know you as a brown bob. Right. That's true. Like, at that's, the moment, I'm a disembodied identity. voice, but... If you go on there. On a brown bob. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Picture like the opening animation of Grease, but before they comb their hair and their head is just <laughs> hair before they put gel on it. And Speedy's just an uncombed cartoonish brown bob from the 70s. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe I'm like Cousin It. And um, I actually was facing Tim Heidecker when he took that photo. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That is horrifying. I don't think I can listen to this podcast anymore. You sound terrifying. I don't like it. So did did Weird Al say anything about the movie that you found interesting? Any nuggets you learned? Did he speak? Uh, you know what? He he really didn't. He, he went up on stage with a bunch of Funny or Die execs, and they all said things about the movie and applauded for all the people present who worked on it. Um, that was a big portion of the audience. Um, but he just stood there very graciously and um, was like, enjoy, and went and sat down. <laughs> That's not enough for me. No, I need to know that he said something interesting. <laughs> you're, uh, not, you're not giving me enough. Here, uh, what, what can I give you? Well, th this is not what he said, but my boyfriend did get to meet him and shake his hand and let him know that uh, Weird Al was the first concert that he ever attended and that as a kid he would listen to Weird Al's parody songs first and then learn what the original song was uh second and weird al found that to be very funny and uh was was very gallant about the whole thing um but that's that all i very... got for you danny <laughs> your boyfriend yeah. i learned more about your boyfriend than weird al <laughs> thanks that's what, what that's what our listeners want they want <laughs> they just want to know more about you they want to know what your hair looks like and if you have a boyfriend where your boyfriend at? Because the back of your head is ridiculous. <laughs> well, the back of my boyfriend's <laughs> head is also in the picture, so. Is he wearing a hat? Uh, no, no. You get full well, fancy affair. <laughs> so if you were at a screening and most of the people in the audience made the movie, was there laughter? Are people laughing at their own movie? Oh, yeah. I mean, because there were also plenty of other just funnier die people present as well including myself um 
Oh, yeah. So pl- plenty of laughter. And I think okay. people who worked on the movie but never got to see the final version of it are now seeing it all put together for the first time. And so, Okay, so they enjoy that. Yes, yeah, so I think they enjoyed that very much. Yes. My... I don't know about you. The hardest I laughed in the movie because it was like when it hit me what the movie was trying to be, and I didn't know it at first. Like I knew it was like kind of ironic, but when it hit me how far they were gonna go was when he gets invited to a high school party, and you're like, okay, he's about to get bullied because this is how biopics go, and he's a weirdo. Right. He's weird Al, and then he shows up to the party, and everyone's wearing like Polish <laughs> German clothing, and he's like, you didn't tell me they were getting to a polka party. it's like you thought he was gonna like be bullied and instead it's the exact scenario where weird al could break out the accordion and be the coolest kid in school and i couldn't believe like oh everything's gonna be perfect this whole movie this is gonna be hyperbole yeah (laughs) it's very like simpsons like very like it's stupid but it's really smart and silly like it's like it, it takes a genius to make something that silly and funny yeah and i liked that Oh yeah, I agree. That that was I had a similar reaction to that moment too, because we have similar tastes, Danny. Um, you and me. <laughs> if you're an old soul. You and me. Um, and uh, that is not an old soul song. It is not. But you knew what I was singing, and I appreciate that. I yeah, I know Lifehouse. Come on, <laughs> I live on Earth. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, who doesn't know and love Lifehouse? <laughs> Lifehouse. <laughs> <laughs> and it, i felt validated because i i like weird al was like one of those things like a lot of his songs were like okay could nobody else have thought of that it does seem like a little simple but then like the 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 extent that he goes in his music videos yeah you're like that guy's a genius like all the ways he can accentuate this like simple concept and then it reminds me of the simpsons and then when i saw like conan with his cameos Andy Warhol in the movie, and then you see like Jack Black and like Paul F. Tompkins and the Lonely Island dudes, you're like, oh, like a lot of people like worshipped Weird Al. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. I mean the if you look in the credits on that movie, the the list of cameos, there are so many that it's actually impossible to catch them with your naked eye when you're watching the movie. Um so many people just wanted to be part of it. Um and a lot of people in the audience who were famous or have done comedy stuff that weren't actually associated with the movie, but were invited and came because they just wanted to be part of this moment for Weird Al because he was so important to them. Um, like, I, yeah, I think Tim I, Heidegger I think... wasn't, I might be wrong about that actually, hmm, but I think he wasn't in the movie. I think he just really respects Weird Al. He he made one of he, the crowd he did he was there he saw beauty scrub it from the, the record scrub it he snow he saw a beautiful brown bob and a boyfriend not wearing a hat he was like i have to capture this moment what a bob what a bob what about what a bob? what about bob it, Weird Al was the first DVD my parents bought us growing up. Really? And yeah, and my brother and I used to just like watch Amish Paradise all the time. We thought it was so funny when he says, uh, 
A local boy kicked me in the butt last week, so I smiled at him, and I turned the other cheek. I didn't really care if I could wish him well, because I'll be laughing my head off when he's burning in hell. <laughs> and we thought that was, like, the funniest thing ever when we were kids. Like, he said hell, he said but, Like, <laughs> yeah. That I think it's, like, the way that he, like, even though it's a simple concept, he goes all out for it. And that makes you want to like it more. Like, the fact yeah. that he... His first song, which he said he really did record in the public bathroom, is about baloney. He just that perfectly sets up the rest of his career. It's like he's gonna go all out about the simplest thing. Right. Right. I feel like an, another moment in the movie that sort of exemplifies that is when um Weird Al's dad in the movie beats up the accordion salesman. <laughs> accordion salesman. But he just keeps on going and going and beating him up and you it keep gets beating him up really violent and and that could have been like a sort of funny moment that you pass on but he just fully commits and he goes all the way with it and it made it hilarious um yeah yeah and that's just what he does with everything it's kind of like um tim robinson now where he's like i'm gonna take one simple idea of a character and i'm gonna spend 10 minutes on it <laughs> and it's so intense you're gonna laugh I do want to read you one thing from a New York Post interview with Weird Al. Oh, yes, please. Because there was a rumor that Madonna asked Weird Al to do a parody of Like a Virgin. Because hmm. um, he has a famous one called Like a Surgeon. Right. Which is also a really funny music video. And Weird Al said, it, Madonna was talking with a pal of hers, Like a Virgin was everywhere on the radio, and she said, I wonder when Weird Al is going to do Like a Surgeon. <laughs> Madonna's friend knew my manager who got back to me with it and I was like good idea Madonna thanks <laughs> so apparently like a surgeon was Madonna's idea wow it wasn't even his concept for how to make the parody apparently not. not that's not how it sounds wow that's a fun tidbit Danny yeah well so they so 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 they didn't date <laughs> but <laughs> she did tell him like hey do you want to make the platonic version of my incredibly sexual song we could be dating see yeah that that's when the i same think of you dating <laughs> yeah saying i'm gonna take my song about like a virgin and make it about being a doctor see i'm attracted to you <laughs> let's date on screen <laughs> yeah let, let's date on screen yes let's let everyone know <laughs> um before we get to severance is there anything else that you had wanted to touch on with that movie um, I don't think so, other than people should watch it. That's my yeah, official it's endorsement. It, I don't know if we have the capacity anymore for a movie that's just trying to be funny. <laughs> but if you challenge yourself, and it took me a while. It took me two takes. But if you just like challenge yourself, you can actually sit there and just enjoy something that's goal is to make you laugh. And not to tell a superhero movie that also has quips. Yeah. It took me a while to do. But eventually you're like, okay, I'm going to sit down and watch a comedy. You know what? That's a really great point, Danny. Actually, that that's kind of the mode you settle into when you're enjoying anything Weird Al. This is purely just yes. fun. That's right. It's just about eat it or fat or Amish paradise. Or dare to be stupid or f pretty fly for a rabbi. He's just trying to make <laughs> you laugh. 
And so is this movie. It's just trying to be funny. Yeah. Wonderful. Also, one more thing. And we'll yes. get to Severance. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just want to say out loud that I love what Daniel Radcliffe is doing with his career. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, he's just like, okay, I was in eight Harry Potter movies. I'm set for life. What do I really love? Comedy. Great. I'm going to go do that. Everyone will hire me. I'm an immediate draw. And this is what I like to do. I'm going to go do it. You know, it's like Steve Martin playing the banjo. He's like, this is what I like to do. I'm going to go do it. Whatever. Right. Oh, yeah. There are other movies from him, too, that I really want to see that I haven't yet. Um, One of them being Swiss Army Man. Have you seen that? I know. It's on my list. Because, we, you know, after I watched uh, um, Everything Everywhere All at Once, I was like, oh, I want to watch their other movie by that those directors, the Daniels. Yeah. And Swiss Army Man, he plays a dead person that farts. Is that right? Um, I actually don't know. I thought he did a lot of things, hence Swiss Army Man. But no, so the plot of the movie, and this, this like the, once I explain this to you, and you're going to be like, that's pretty weird. You're going to realize the extent that Daniel Radcliffe is committing to being in comedy now. It's him and Paul Dano on an island. Paul Dano is alone on this island after a plane crash, I think. And then he finds Daniel Radcliffe and he's dead. But he's so full of flatulence <laughs> that he can use him to do stuff. I see. Almost like flatulence as as a as fuel to propel him. Yes, it propels him. I see. <laughs> and like yeah, he can like fling things. I think he can sail a little bit on him. And then like over time in the movie, which I have not seen, I just gathered this from the trailer. He slowly is able to talk through the power of his flatulence. So that should convince you that Daniel Radcliffe knows that he never really has to like pander again. Wow. And he can just do what makes him happy. And that's comedy. And I love that about him because a lot of child stars can never find happiness again. It's true. So he's the biggest child star and he's got a motivator and he's good at it. And I just find him delightful. He was on an interview with Seth Meyers and he was like, kind of like not making eye contact a little nervous and you're like heck yeah this guy is totally relatable i love this yeah, guy i love this guy yeah and yeah. i like his taste a lot too because i feel like he's doing a great job of picking really interesting comedy things like you know your description of swiss swiss army man is very off the beaten path in a way that i really enjoy Weird Al is a really special project. Um, even, you know, he did his stint on Broadway as the lead in How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. And that's just a, a wonderful, delightful comedy that not not a ton of people know, I would say. Um, and maybe I just think he has good taste because I personally like the things that he's choosing. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'd but I mean, say the your... man has good taste. <laughs> <laughs> to your point, like, not everyone knew the Daniels, and now everything everywhere all at once is the first A24 movie to hit $100 million. So, like, right. he recognized talent before it blew up. Yeah. So, he clearly has a gift. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, and right? speaking of um, the Daniels, to take us on a tangent yeah. completely away from the, the real topics here. Um, yeah, they were doing great stuff before everything everywhere all at once. And um, if you haven't seen it, Danny, I would really encourage you to watch their short film, which you can find just you know, if you Google it, uh, called Interesting Ball. 
It's maybe like I have seen that. You've seen Interesting Ball? <gasps> yeah, I wanted to like a binge after that movie. It was so good. Oh, it's so good. It's so great. Yeah. Yeah. But no one in the audience has. Right. Nobody. Do, knows. do you want to talk about it? <laughs> do you want to talk about it? <laughs> do you want to talk about a guy being absorbed into another guy's butt? I mean. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so severance uh yeah severance uh <laughs> it was great i'm glad you brought it up okay even though we as always talked way too long on all the early topics and now we got to like perhaps our main topic uh it's not main in the sense that it's the most relevant it's the main topic in the sense that i finally watched it even though it came out in the beginning of the year told speedy hey, can you binge this so we can talk about it? And then she did. So I feel like we need to spend the most time on it because I feel bad that she watched the whole thing in a week. You shouldn't feel bad that you brought something wonderful into my life. Yes, I did you a favor. <laughs> yes, Isn't that everyone's goal is to say, you should watch this show, and then they text you back and say, you did me a favor? Because everyone wants to be the person to share something with somebody. We're in the sharing culture. So it's like, yeah, this is my dream. You're grateful. And I found it first. It was right. all me. No one had heard of it until I told you about it nine months after it came out. Right. This, this is my good thing. The fact that this show is good is a plus for me because I brought it to you. Because um. I made it. Because I told you about it and therefore it's mine. <laughs> but the show, great. Great. Really, really enjoyed it. it w- okay. So let's start here. Was it a tough watch? Uh, yes. I will say yes. Because okay. uh, my only criticism of it... Well, I mean, I have a couple. But I, I found the pacing of the first episode too, even too slow for me. And I like things mm. that are slow. Um, so I had a hard time being convinced I would really enjoy the rest of the series based off of the pilot episode. Um, yeah. Yes. I think the pilot is like, they think that you're so curious as to what the hell is going on down there that they just draw it out as much as possible. Yes. Because you have no idea what's going on in that elevator. Right. Yeah, and they are kind of riding off of the assumption that you're totally, uh, right, that that's enough to grab you. And I've seen a lot of sci-fi stuff, so it wasn't like the craziest thing I'd ever seen. So it was. Mm. And you've probably heard of the concept by now. Maybe you have, but most people had by the time they watched it, like I had. Mm. I, I, I had not. Like, heard of say it, you cut the brain in half. Just do it already. <laughs> right, and I did think it was funny that they had two different scenes explaining what the severance actually did. To make sure that the audience really understood it, but I was like, "No way, I get it. I'm there." You know, I'm, I'm, it's yeah. I, I've read Ray Bradbury. This is not nuts. <laughs> this is not nuts. Cashew nuts. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> okay. So on the scale of craziness, if you're a cashew nut, that's like you're a really nut nut. Yeah, that's like whoa, full. That's the nuttiest. Full nut. nutty, full nut. Like you could be almond, but if you're cashew, oh boy, then I can't help you. 
<laughs> yes, okay. beyond help. Almond, uh, almond, cashew butter? Forget about it. <laughs> Not a chance. Not a Never chance. gonna talk to you again. <laughs> I, yeah, I would say like it was only tough because like there's this weird paradox going on where the outside world is like gray and blue and dull and bleak. And then the inside world, which is like hell, <laughs> is like very bright and white and heavenly. Mm. So it's like, it's like, when's the happy time in this show? <laughs> Not that there needs to be, but Ben Stiller was attached to it. So you expect some happy time. Right. And it just is like, okay, so this is dark and then this is light but dark. So right. it's kind of bleak at first, but then the plot starts to develop. And there's also like romance, and then kind of get sucked into it. Right. Uh, can I? Oh, Speedy, because I know you and I are obsessed with John Turturro and Christopher Walken in this show. It's like our favorite part of the show is their romance. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I read, and then listened to an interview that John Turturro did with Screen Rant, and he said that they asked him who would he want to play his on-screen crush. Wow. And he responded. Christopher, Christopher Walken. Walken. Oh my gosh. He said, quote, we've been friends a long time and I don't really have to act. He's like a jazz player. So I was like, he loves him so much. He's like, I could be in love with you on screen. Easy. Wow. That's our friendship. And Walken was on board for that. And it makes it that much better. Like they just love each other so much as friends already that they can have that kind of excitement in their eyes that they're going to go sneak off to talk to O&R about soap yes soap labels <laughs> that's soap labels yeah that, that made it that much better wow. like i'm, I'm actually know. i'm so glad to know that actually it really right yeah it was even the best sweeter part of the than show. it already was yeah like oh they actually love each other like as friends as well so they have that foundation built already wow <laughs> what do you think the phone call was like do you think like john like pitched it to him himself and then Christopher Walken was like, you know, John, I'm flattered that you want me to be your boyfriend on a show in the building and the plants and uh, paintings. I, I, I hope that I have the kind of gusto that you're looking for. Wow. It's like one of three impressions I can do, so. I was going to say, thank goodness we had an opportunity for you to debut that on the podcast. <laughs> John, I just, I want you to know, when it comes to love, I'm a bit of a tiger. <laughs> I hope I'm not too much. And then John was like, I'm not ready yet. <laughs> I was so, were you mad in that scene? He wasn't ready. You're like, come on. Yeah, come on. John, I I, I was because I wanted to see it happen, but I, I was just as pleased to see them press their foreheads together and just share that moment in the plant room. That it was still wonderful, and uh, so so I I am not mad. I will say like me and like my fiance Tina like our most romantic moments are probably when our foreheads are touched together, not when we're kissing. Yeah, when your foreheads are touching together, it, about forehead contact that is so special. <laughs> I mean, do you want to get deep for like three seconds? If you want, sure, okay. <laughs> I'm there. Are, are you I'll, transferring I'll your your chakras via forehead? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, we're ants. We're just conducting antennas to see where we're taking this leaf. No, but like, so when you kiss somebody, there's inherently some sort of uh, sexual component. Right. Absolutely. And yes, yeah, so when you forehead, that's like purely emotional. There's, unless you're one hell of a forehead placer. <laughs> It's not sexual. It's entirely based on your connection at that moment. So it just, it feels more emotional because what propels you to do it is emotion. Yes. Uh, Beautifully put, I would say. Yes. Well, here we go. Danny's favorite TV couples ever. Number one. Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken. John John Turturro. (laughs) (laughs) Number two, Jim and Pam. Jim and Pam. Yes. You know what's funny? Um, you and I have discussed Severance before, and we've never mentioned Adam Scott once. Like, this is a great point. Like the the chemistry of the show, <laughs> like the, how the show begins is built on the chemistry of Mark and Helly, and we never talk about it. We're always just like, well, John Turturro, Christopher Walken <laughs> <are> dating. <laughs> and given we are the old Soul Podcast, but it's still right, like so that's not what the, the show is people, built on. But... Yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> That's true. And if we're talking about romantic connection, um, Adam Scott has ladies crawling all over him in the show. If really, if you think about it, he goes on dates with that woman. He's got Helly and his connection with his wife, his neighbor. Oh, oh yeah, oh, and with right, his, his and with his neighbor, right? She's I mean, obsessed that, with I, him. That's not really sexual, but it, it's. There is like an emotional thing where like she makes him think that she needs him to hang out with her all the time. Yes. She's really just spying on him, but right. he thinks that there's like an emotional need there that he's fulfilling for her since her husband left. Because she kind of brings up like, you know, my husband died. And you're like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mrs. Selvig. <laughs> I, I will say, can I say like, I try not to do this, but can I just say one thing? Do it. That's kind of, what's the word? Shallow. Oh, please. His wife. Yes. On the show. His, who his was real like wife. just fired. Who gets fired. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. The wellness counselor. Yeah. When I was watching, I had like a crush on her. I was like, she's so soothing. I want a wellness specialist. I want a wellness specialist. She seems so relaxing. I like her. Oh, no, she's fired. I don't want her to go away. Now I'm not going to get to see her anymore. And then you look at the picture, and he's like, she's alive. And you're like, I was like, yes, she's going to come back. She's integral. Yes. (laughs) I was so happy she wasn't going to go away. And I was like, she's part of the plot. She's part of the plot. She's not a scapegoat. She's not a scapegoat. <laughs> yes. That's so. that's really funny. That's really funny. No, you you know what? You've said enough deep things today that you have earned your shallow contribution. <laughs> I'm a happily engaged man. Yes. I don't want to touch foreheads with her. I'm just saying I found her presence to be soothing and I didn't want her to go away. Yes, I did like the way that she spoke. Very much so. Yeah. Your outie she the- likes radar. 
forgot. I totally forgot. That's what she does. <laughs> Your Audi has a sports car. Your Audi does not just have an iPod Touch, but an iPod Mini. <laughs> Please enjoy each of these statements equally. <laughs> yeah, I thought she was just great. So I'm glad she's staying. I'm sorry I had a little crush on her. Oops. I'm so glad you're expressing remorse for your crush. <laughs> Otherwise, I, I, I would have found it salacious. <laughs> <laughs> Again, happily engaged. Excited to be married. <laughs> this coming Just year, she was right? Cool. Yes. Uh, in June. In June. Yeah. Very exciting. Very exciting. Can I tell you the backstory of the waffle party? Oh, have you too been reading into what the heck that was, and then went, oh, it makes sense, because that's what I've well, been doing. I didn't know if it was leading to uh, a group love making. But it seems like that's, after reading a quote from the the creator, that's what it was. <laughs> With animal masks. Dan With Erickson animal masks, said yes. that. But he said it started as a joke in the writer's room. Yeah. So they were like, I don't know. What if it was like that with masks? And then they were like, actually, that is exactly what Lumen would do. They would try to, as he put it, commodify sex. Yes. So that's 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 so funny yes I, I was reading something similar that uh right because these people that live in the, the innies they haven't experienced anything else in life other than being at work and so you know the ultimate reward for for being the best person in that uh in your quarter would be right to, to commodify sex and actually use that as an incentive which is bonkers um, and it's also uh, not just engaging in that as like some sort of sick pleasure. It is actually rooted in the company lore. Did you get into any of that stuff? <laughs> no. Well, you, you know, you, you know what? You do some regurgitating. Sure. You, what did you read exactly? <laughs> what was that? What did you read? You, you texted it to me. Oh, oh, and that's well. That's a completely uh, separate thing. Okay, Apple. sorry. Then continue. Oh, sure. I, I can get to that uh, after this particular point. But um, people had noticed. Um, you know the, the scene where John Turturro and Christopher Walken first meet, and they're talking about the art that's hanging on the wall. Yes. Yes. Well, the, that painting depicts uh, Keir Egan taming the four tempers. Those four tempers being malice, dread, frolic, and whatever the heck the fourth one is. Um, I forget what the fourth one is. Gluttony. <laughs> perhaps. Perhaps gluttony. And, and they're represented by four people. Uh, two look like normal people, but one has a big jester head, and another one is a goat. And those are the dancers at the waffle party. Um. And he is taming them with his nine core principles. So wit, wiles, how to do, blah, 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 blah. And so the the whip thingy <laughs> that the waffle party person has, has nine leather appendages that are each labeled with those nine core principles. So you, your reward is that you lay in Keir Egan's bed you put on the Keir Egan mask 
and you wield the whip thing with his nine core principles. And then you will go and tame the four dancers who represent those, those bad things. And, and you tame them. That is the, that is the sexual act. <laughs> Wait, where did you read this? Uh, it's 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 all over the joint when people are trying to figure out what the heck the Waffle Party is. Wow. People well, just noticed like the painting is exactly what the Waffle Party was. And they went, oh, That's my so God. so fun. <laughs> Horrifying. Yeah, and if you go back but to the Waffle Party so... scene, you can see the, the words written on the whip, the, the nine principles. Uh, it's there. Yeah. All that from Waffles. All that from Waffles, yeah. Um, yeah, he... Um... Yeah, I clearly have been going down rabbit holes. Uh, and, and like what you mentioned, I had sent you, Apple did release a companion piece, uh, <laughs> which is sort of like a little prequel to the show. And it also contains a portion of the handbook that the, that the macro data refinement uh, department uses. And you can actually see it in the show, too. So very, very interesting read. I don't need to dive into it, but uh Yeah. It sounds like I've really given you your new favorite thing. Like you really <laughs> have enjoyed exploring it. It's all thanks to me telling it is you all to thanks watch to you. it. And you should get brownie points for what you've done for me. Yes, in fact. Yeah, I've really done you a favor. You have. In fact, I found the original version of the pilot that was posted to the blood list, which is how the script was first discovered. And I read the original version of the pilot so I could compare it to the real pilot of the show. And it's quite different, actually. It's very interesting. How, how is it different? Um, it starts with Mark waking up. And Helly is already there uh, in the office. And there's a whole scene where he's, like, climbing this endway, endless hallway that goes upwards. He meets... Uh, Mrs. Cobell at a house that then disappears and is replaced with a porta potty, and she speaks to him through a speaker in the porta potty. She convinces him to undergo the severance procedure. Um, it's it's very it's very different, yes. But some lines did remain the same that did transfer over into what it became. I was I was reading that Patricia Arquette who plays. Mrs. Selvig slash Mrs. Cobell uh, said that she got lost a lot on set. <laughs> oh, wow. So it seems like the the windiness of the hallways was the same no matter what. Wow. They actually constructed that in in set form. It wasn't just like one white hallway that they kept reusing. They made I'd, a maze. Let me find her quote. <laughs> I, let me see what she said. Because that's, I mean, like I know like the West Wing, they like rebuilt a lot of parts of the White House. She said... Oh, and there's actually some old soulness in this. It's kind of fun. The layers that went into this world, I can't even really explain to you. You'd open a cupboard on set, and it would be lumen, lumen, lumen. The women, we'd all have to wear certain undergarments like girdles and pantyhose, old-fashioned things that were part of the corporate structure. It was all these tiny little layers, which were really interesting and strange to live in. And we would get lost on set all the time. They were always changing doorway openings, adding walls, and taking walls out. We'd be like a rat in the maze. Like, I'm on set. I can't find you guys. Whoa. <laughs> I love that kind of dedication. Everything in the cupboard is looming. Like, that's so much fun. Wow. That, that's, that is 
one thing I can really say about this show, even even if somebody watches the show and doesn't like it, you can't deny the attention to detail. Oh my lord. Yeah, and I think this is like the best case scenario of tech companies having money to throw out content. Yes. Like when they have this kind of budget and they actually do have a good idea and they can actually flush it out. Yeah. This is like when that's cool that the iPod company is making television. Right. <laughs> Which to be honest with you is how I ended up never even thinking to watch this because in my head I I would never subscribe to Apple TV. I don't want to give them more of my money. But right. but gosh, they they sure do make good stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean they have this and Ted Lasso and Morning Show like they they won best comedy with Morning with um Ted Lasso and then they had um Coda win best picture. So they've just like they weren't first to the whole like streaming thing but now they're kicking everyone's butt yeah with it and like they're winning more awards and this show got nominated for 14 emmys it did not win best comedy or anything but very clearly some things are sticking because they have a lot of money to throw out stuff and some of it's working and i'm glad that this was one of the shows um we should probably stop soon but i even though i've told you this before the world needs to hear my thoughts on this in case it gets brought up on the internet (laughs) This show might have the same morals as the movie Click. I just want that known. <laughs> Adam Sandler has a remote that he fast forwards through life. And the whole moral of the movie is that you should not fast forward through life. And this people who get severed are trying to fast forward through work. And they might be learning that's a bad idea. So I just want to throw that out there. That uh, Christopher Walken's in both of those. Okay. <laughs> yes, I think it is very special. That you would make sure that Adam Sandler gets his due. Um, That's right. <laughs> and um, I hope that when Christopher Walken took that call from John Turturro, that he was like, wait, hold on. I've been. <laughs> I've done this before. I did. I did an Adam Sandler movie. He's like, stop right there. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> All right. Let's let's just end on where we think the show will go from now. Cause I've been trying to figure out like, is Helly going to want to still be unsevered? Cause she's going to, she hates her other self. She's not going to want to be like a rich person brat. She's, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, is she going to want to stay severed now? I just don't know what's next for her. I think I would say yes, because in everybody else's case, they were trying to sever themselves in an effort to help themselves. They thought it would be better for themselves. But she is actually now two different versions of herself that are at war. Her her yeah. her Audi is going to want to kill the Innie for trying to sabotage her. And her Innie is like, oh, you Audi who was raised under different circumstances have become a horrible person and you are hurting people actively. Um, So, yeah. So I think, yeah, she's going to have to try to stay her, her any and then restart life that way. I think. So let me ask you something. 
Do you hope that when it comes back for season two, which they just announced they're in production in, so we're not totally irrelevant. <laughs> we Mark's justified gonna to ourselves. Go back. Mark, <laughs> Mark's going to go back to Lumen knowing that, what's that woman's name? Uh, Miss Cobell. His wife. Oh, oh, his wife. His uh, wife. Gemma? Gemma? It's either Gemma? Gemma or Gemma. It's spelled with a G. Okay. Yeah. Knowing that that's his wife, but that he just kissed Heli. Yes. So there's this whole thing with like Christopher Walken and John Turturro's character when they meet in the outside world. Like, are we hoping that this show is saying that love permeates consciousness, that you bring it with you, even if you don't remember it, it's still a part of you? Like, do you want Mark to realize that's his wife and then go fall in love with her in the workplace? Or do you want him to go be with Heli, which would be a less clear moral of love permeating all parts of your life, no matter what? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That that's a good point. I hmm. I don't know. I mean Cuz I also would hate for Mark not remembering his wife at all to feel like I have to now try to forget Helly and try to be with this other woman because supposedly we get along great. Uh, yeah, but that's a different person. Like he's right. he's a different person down there. He's a much better leader down there. So he is like different. Yeah, right. Yeah, everybody is is different. I mean, it's sort of that classic nature versus nurture argument, which yeah. you can see you know, the most clearly with Helly, when Helly, just whoever she is as a person, isn't raised in that environment, she turns out this way. But under the influence of her Egan father, she became that way. Um, yeah, so any Mark Scout is a different person than Audi Mark Scout. Same with same with Gemma Gemma. So Gemma Gemma Gemma. Gemma 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 Gemma. Okay, so then we we would want him to continue with Heli. I guess so. <laughs> right. What do I, we want? I I like Heli. I, I do like Helly. I, well, it seems like both any Helly and any Mark had an understanding when they kissed of like, yeah, this might be the last time because we're going to find out who we really are and this just might not matter anymore. So I would True. like them, yeah, I would like them to explore whatever they feel like they want to explore, but then ultimately end up with whoever they actually do feel drawn to and not feel trapped by what their outer life is supposed to be i guess that's what i would say oh man (laughs) yeah yeah i guess yeah you're right they should just explore whatever makes them naturally happy (laughs) in the current state that they're in right yeah okay i guess <laughs> so it's complicated i think i'm gathering yeah. the show is complicated because yes, well, it's complicated because i know the the other love triangle in this show if it is actually christopher walken's husband 
it's going to have the opposite effect. You're like, no, screw whoever Christopher right. Walken is married to in real life. He better wind up with John Turturro. I want a 24-7 relationship, not a 12, 3 and a half, okay? I want all the time. You know, I love you from Christopher Walken and John Turturro. The other love triangle, figure it out. Let me know what I should be thinking. But screw Christopher Walken's husband if that is his husband. Right. You know, you, you again, you make an excellent point, Danny, because we've spent so much of this podcast. We clearly just love the Christopher Walken and John Turturro <laughs> characters. So we care about that. And Adam Scott, I like you in general as an actor, but on this show, you're not taking the spotlight for me. Eh, you could be with Helly. Eh, you could be with Gemma. Yeah, just Blah, let me know. Whatever. Let me know. <laughs> I like both those choices for you. Right. You know, I bet they both seem like had the. Yeah, I like both of their characters a lot. I think it's going to go well for you. Best of luck, you know? Yeah. Uh, but John Turturro and Christopher Walken are like Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> so I need to see how this ends up. And especially because I think Christopher Walken, like, uh, I thought he was going to die when they said he was retiring. So. Me too. I'm so glad he was alive. Oh. Yeah. I was like, you know, Ben Stiller, you can't kill Owen D. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i uh i, I read a, a fan theory that uh maybe john Turturro and christopher walken were repeatedly drawn to each other because of their mutual interest in art and and how they treat the scripture of, of egan and that they've had to keep resetting their chips to try to keep them apart and they moved John Turturro out of O&D because he's an artist. It would make sense for him to work in that department. Why is he in Macrodata Refinement? But they're now trying to keep the departments apart. Um, And his chip, you know, is is malfunctioning a bit because he could see that dark hallway as an Audi and paint it. And he's seeing paint seep into his any life. Oh, (laughs) gosh, that is rich. There's another sure show is. that does that. I don't want to spoil that show, um, but that would be so good <laughs> if they have the capability of resetting chips. Yeah. And their love is oh. just too strong. They're just repeatedly drawn to each other when they're trying to keep them apart. Ugh. You know what? I want to thank me for giving me this show. <laughs> Thank you, Danny. Yeah. You gave me a great show. You did. You did, Danny. It was all you giving you. I'm the hero. Clap, clap, clap. I know. Everyone should be touching my forehead. (laughs) 